0: Take a look on back A few decades past To a simpler time today When your cares were tied To a fun car ride And the next show on TV So crank on up your phone box jams And flip your tape to the east side. We're going back
1: Previously on 80s High. I've got a music video for you for next week. Okay. And that music video starts with two keynotes. Hey, hey. Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. Oh, my God. Any initial thoughts, memories of that song, that music video?
0: I mean, that song could be a steam train rolling up around the bit
1: Yes. It could so be a bumper
0: it. car bumping. Oh, my God. We probably need to apologize, there's probably going to be a lot of singing next episode. So much singing. Sorry, everybody.
1: Don't even play a clip, we're just going to sing the whole song together and do (laughs) it. No clips. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody, to 80s High, the podcast that revisits some of the best cultural happenings of the 1980s. We're your hosts, I'm Ben. I'm
0: Chris, and I just have one thing to say to you right now, Ben. What? (laughs) No, that's what i have to say about this wait
1: do we have peter was that peter gabriel cutting in do we have peter on the show this week? everyone we
0: have sir peter gabriel (laughs) right here in studio
1: (laughs) can't believe we got him
0: hello everyone this is Sir peter gabriel i
1: don't think that sounds like him i didn't know you did it peter gabriel that was (laughs) (laughs) that was pretty good I'm so excited. We're we're chilling here in homeroom, and we've got mm. a topic. It's the first time I got to pick a topic, and I'm I'm excited for my inaugural uh, topic for '80s High.
0: I also like how you said that as if I've been hoarding all the topics, and you've never gotten to choose. Yeah, no, it's like yeah, the third episode. You're like, I finally got to choose a topic, and I'm like. <laughs>
1: Really? Every high school has a bully <laughs> and uh you're you're the meanie who's been doing all the topics for this for this like this podcast has been going on for years. I'll be like, hey
0: nerdling and I'll give you a wedgie and then I'm like, if you don't let me choose all of the topics, I'm gonna shove you in a locker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, shut it, Poindexter. dexter.
1: Um <laughs> Remember that shut word?
0: Poindexter? Dexter? What a weird it's word. It's terrible.
1: It's uh, terrible. before our announcements come in, mm. it is uh the holiday season. Any 80s-inspired, blurry-to-90s, blurry-to-70s things going on?
0: Well, if you'll allow me a 90s blur, I did actually this morning watch, as I was getting up and get my coffee, I was watching Home Alone. Oh, I finally cracked it out. I was like, I gotta dust this baby off. I always have to watch it. Well, multiple times, but this is the first time this year, and, you know, it never disappoints. Fantastic movie, so...
1: How about you? Oh, that's one of our household favorites. Mm. It takes me a while to get through movies these days, but I was just finishing. I've been watching all weekend, um, 1992 Batman Returns. I just decided it was a <laughs> Christmas movie this year because it takes place at Christmas.
0: You made a good point when we talked yesterday. That is a not oft-referenced
1: Christmas movie. No, not at all. Because there's always the argument of like, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? And or you're Gremlins. Like, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And so this takes place at Christmas. It's very Christmassy. But like, I, it's been like a decade since I've watched that. And it is so fun. It's just fun. You know, from the dark Christopher Nolan sort of realistic Batman to Tim Burton's just totally goofy comic booky mm. ridiculousness. And it's certainly, you know, it's not a perfect work of art, but it's just <laughs> fun. It's just silly and fun. It's a good it's a good time. It's a fun watch.
0: The walk-in is in it. I mean, come on, you guys. No, that was terrible. <laughs> anyway.
1: <laughs> you know, I just wanna build a power plant. That could blow the city up. That's I all. God, he was the. I'm asking a power plan. Oh my god! It, 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 seriously, it's my new. What's one of my new favorite Christmas movies? And Michelle time. Pfeiffer
0: was a cat lady. Oh my god! So perfect.
1: And she crushes it. She crushes that role. Oh my god! god. Anyway, sorry, we've been reminiscing on the holidays too much. Our attention, Eddie's um,
2: high. I'm Bryson here to share today's homeroom announcements. We're not doing it just for that ground, but sometimes we are. Check out the 80s High Podcast on Instagram and email us at 80shighpodcast at gmail.com. That's 80shighpodcast at gmail.com to sign up for a show's mailing list. Today's lunch menu will be everyone's favorite Sloppy Joe's. Yes, you can get your Manwich, Slush Burger, Yum Yum, or Spoon Burger in the school cafeteria. But don't wait long because it's first come, first serve. Oh, and make sure to ask for extra sauce. In the last episode, host Ben said that some guy in a trench coat hosted Rescue 911. The first aid and CPR Enthusiast Club wanted to point out that that guy was none other than William Shatner and Captain Kirk himself, wore a suit, not a trench coat, throughout the series. After school today, the shade throwers will be mixing it up in debate prep. If you're into throwing some shade, make sure to check them out. Thank you and have a radical day! Go Mogwise!
0: All right. Well, the chit chat's over. We got to get to first period. Fact. Off to history. You cannot help doing the guitar sounds, Ben.
1: Well, if, until we have actual music, it's all I've got to signal in my brain that we're changing topics.
0: Like, he always tells me to edit out the guitar solo, but I'm like, I kind of don't want to. I enjoy them too much.
1: As long as you've got a remixer that can make me sound like an 80s like synthy guitar, then like...
0: I'll auto-tune us. you. I'll auto-tune you, give yes. you some stuff in there. It'll be great.
1: Auto-tune came up in my research for this song, I was going to say, day.
0: speaking of auto-tune, speaking of musical majesty... Ooh, I like that. Take us in to the history. I can't oh. wait. I, I'm like at the front of the class. I got my notebook out. No, I, I'm, like I'm so excited. I'm leaning
1: forward in my chair and like... <laughs> Teach me, oh wise one. So I, I want to be clear that I picked Sledgehammer specifically for the music video because that's what I remember so hard, but you can't talk about the music video without first understanding the song.
0: Yeah, certainly not.
1: They're intertwined. Yeah, I love this song. Um, this is a song that wherever I hear, whenever, when it comes on, it is one of the limited top 10 songs where I like crank the volume up and I'll sing along. I love this song, but I'm so tired of listening to this song this week. To like research and prep for this. I have listened to Sledgehammer and watched music more than I have in my entire collective life. Ballpark it. How many times would you say? Oh my God. Let's see. I would say I've done enough to build a roller coaster called the Big Dipper. (laughs) I've probably listened enough to fuel an aeroplane flying. What about a bumper car bumping? All of the popcorn in that shot is just me. How many times I've listened to this song this week? Well, Ben, you need to kick the habit is all I'm saying. (laughs) Right. <laughs> well, and it's like actually, I was thinking it. You know, we talked about nostalgia in our first episode, and there was that one researcher who was like, "It needs to be a visit, and then you got to leave, or it loses its freshness." Oh. And I'm like, "I can't listen to Sledgehammer again for a year after we do this episode tonight, because like, yeah, I'm not gonna like it. I need you overindulged. You are right. indulged. So let's get into the history. Let me let, let me give you the background, and I'm gonna start with the song with Peter Gabriel. It'll go okay. Peter Gabriel. We're gonna go song, and then we're gonna get into the music video so sledgehammer itself came out april 21st 1986 We're right smack dab in the middle it's a spring banger getting ready for the summer it was awesome so 1975 it's the lamb lies down on broadway tour peter gabriel and makes the big earth shattering announcement he's gonna leave genesis good
0: phil and company yes, wow exactly man peace out move. Phil. that's a bold move
1: i know Uh, And he actually, you know, I know this has always like been a thing of like, why did he leave? I actually found he said at the time he was um, feeling distant from his own bandmates. And he was having a lot of pressure because his first child had been born. And he's on the tour Mm -hmm. and he's making music. He needed more time. So he goes into this very aggressive solo career. He does four albums. Can you name the four albums? I can name none of his albums. I bet you can name it pretty easily. You've already named his four albums several times in this episode. Peter Gabriel? Yes! He named four albums (laughs) Peter Gabriel. One after the other, Peter Gabriel, Peter Gabriel, Peter Gabriel, and don't forget Peter
0: Gabriel. Wait, they're not like one, two, three? No. How's that even like copyright wise? Like, how's that even possible? He
1: said later in an interview, I wanted the records to look like magazines. When you look at a pile of magazines, you remember them usually by the picture on the cover. So each has a very distinctive image, but all it says is Peter Gabriel. Interesting. And they did pretty well. A couple of songs that came off those, uh, Salisbury Hill, pretty Mm -hmm. successful, and uh, Shock the Monkey was on one of those two. Now, I'm not a music expert. I did take music theory in high school. But I just want to, like, for listeners, um, if you really want to get into, like, the deep, deep music theory and building of Sledgehammer, there's two YouTube videos I recommend that I watched to get ready for this. Produce Like a Pros channel did a uh, series called Songs That Change Music Series. And they do Sledgehammer. And then Ethan Hine does the structure and production analysis of Sledgehammer. Both of those are great. If you're like a gearhead, music hardware, music Mm. theory, songwriter, go watch those too. They're phenomenal.
0: We'll drop them in the show notes. How about
1: that? That would be great. Perfect. So he was really experimental on all four of these albums. He was trying a bunch of different crazy stuff. Hadn't really found what his sound was yet. One of the craziest things is he bought... He was the first in the UK as a producer to buy a Fairlight CMI Series 1 synthesizer, which went for $20,000 at the time. A mirror. A One mirror 20 synthesizer, 000. twenty dollars Wow. What's the most expensive instrument in your house?
0: I mean, there's not a lot of instruments in my house. Is a microphone an instrument?
1: <laughs> close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably this microphone okay. that I have. it's <laughs> a quality mic. I think I have like a $70 acoustic guitar from 1994 upstairs. I was going to say, if you have a... Grand
0: piano, like a really yeah. nice grand piano, or uh,
1: a harp. Oh, they ooh, those might run you more. So, despite having all that kind of money, he refused to rent a studio. He actually rented a barn in Bath, England, to record. So the album that Sledgehammer's going to be on, because he said he spent tons of times on his songs. And just sitting in a barn gave him unlimited time where like a studio, it would just burn all the money he had. Right. So for Sledgehammer, 1960s soul music, he said, was his chief inspiration. He thought it was his chance to sing like Otis Redding. The percussion and the keyboard sounding is a little reminiscent of Stevie Wonder's Superstition, which has a lot of interesting layering going on. And uh, there's R&B singers, you know, in the latter half of the song. I think you Mm -hmm. kick this off with like, I kick the habit. So it's that group that comes in for that part. Yeah, Yeah, they're uh awesome. Um, there's a lot of funk in it, especially with the bass. The bass line is great. Well, the opening part. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, so good, funky. But with all that synth and uh, you know, it's got that kind of glossy '80s, like plasticky pop in it. There's a there's a lot going on in there. Since he broke up with his buddy Phil when uh, when Sledgehammer came out, there was a lot of controversy because he uses a bunch of horns in uh, Sledgehammer. Mm. And everybody said he was trying to copy Phil Collins because Phil was big with horns in songs like Susudio. And uh, it was an interesting little rivalry. It was a little passive-aggressive. In the interview, Peter Gabriel was like, that was not my intention. Uh, wait, he's, he's English. That was not my intention at all. Uh, Phil, <laughs> Phil Collins actually got the horns idea from me. So it was like a little sassy back and forth about the horn music. Also, like... They're horns. They've been around for a long time. Both you two can cool your jets. (laughs) Right. So remember, the song came out in April. In the summer of 1986, Genesis was number one on the charts with their song Invisible Touch. Mm -hmm. And Sledgehammer was the song to finally dethrone them. So it was kind of like a little continuing combating going on with the Genesis crowd. I thought it was also really interesting. It's super long for a pop song. It's over five minutes. I think the normal cut is 540. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the two commentators, I mentioned the guy earlier, Ethan Hine. Ethan Hine said, like, there's a classic thing in pop music that they go by, don't bore us, get to the chorus. Mm. So if you listen to pop songs, like, you'll almost hear the chorus in the first few seconds, and then they'll do verse, and then back to the chorus real fast. But it takes a long time to get to the chorus in this song. And what's interesting is Peter Gabriel's really big on improvising. So, the end of the song that takes a long time to go out, the rough cut is like twice as long as the whole song. because he just started <laughs> improv, like making up stuff. And they were just like, just record it. It's a banger. It's great. And it's also right at the beginning of the track. You know, I think we did a survey on this. Do you know what the opening lines to Sledgehammer are?
0: Okay, well, I'm gonna get really deep into this so yeah, good. okay good. are you ready for this? Is history the right place for it? because when you open this door we're getting into it.
1: Oh God okay all right, no all right, let's do it. Let's see what's going on. okay.
0: So there was some debate and I actually looked this up because I have a very firm opinion of what the opening line is. But so we asked our class of 80s high cinema pop quiz and we got some good results. We asked the question, what set of lyrics start this song? Mm -hmm. And uh, 40% said the correct answer. I'm going to throw it out there right now. It's the correct answer. The correct answer. Okay. You could have a steam train if you just lay down your tracks. We had 30%. Who replied, trick question, no one actually knows. We're going to put a pin in that and come back to it. Okay. And then we threw just a couple of other lyrics, but they were not the first ones. About 30% also replied to those. So kind of all over the map, but we did have the highest percentage say, correctly, you could have a steam
1: train. You've said correctly several times.
0: I have said correctly because these are lyrics, not vocalizations, not throat utterances, and not scatting. And as a matter of fact, if you go to any lyrics website and you look at the lyrics for Sledgehammer, it always starts out the same.
1: Yeah, it starts out with the track slide.
0: But you're referring to the,
1: not that,
0: And then he just says some like mumbo jumbo, right.
1: right? Exactly. Those aren't lyrics. It's interesting. It's not your usual ooze or like yeah, yeahs. It's scatting. But they kind of sound like words. That's what scatting is. <laughs> No, scatting is scatting is trying to replicate the sound of a horn section of an actual musical instrument.
0: Are you David Lee Rothing me, and I'm just a gigolo? I ain't got nobody. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 My only research said those two dudes that that the videos that I mentioned early on. One of them just clearly says it's been a hot debate for several decades now. What the opening lines are. The initial ones are because Peter Gabriel was known to just vamp and just make up stuff into the microphone, and they're not actual words. I see your case. I would agree that the first real words of the song are about the train track for sure. Those are the lyrics. The lyrics, yeah, those would be real the lyrics. first vocalizations are are just just mumbling into the into the blackness of the microphone. Yes,
0: and if you'll allow me this little sort of strain, I sent yeah. you a song from Dave Matthews Band. Yeah. This
1: is a song called
0: Pantala Naga Pampa. It is the introduction sort of 40 second song for their album Before These Crowded Streets. And for this very reason, let us just play it right now. And so I asked Ben, I said, I'm going to prove my point here. What are the first lyrics of this song? And did you see what I texted you back when I listened to it? You texted me back a wrong answer. I'm going to read it now. You said it was, huh, ow, yeah, 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 ooh, chicka, ooh, wow, huh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Those aren't lyrics. (laughs) The first lyrics are, come and relax now, put your troubles down. Same thing. Actually, Peter Gabriel referred to it as Gabrielese. He actually did. He really? His yeah, he sure did. In an interview, he talked about it, and he acknowledged that you know it's just it's it's kind of gibberish, and he likes to scat, and he sees the voice as a uh, an instrument, and he encourages everybody to kind of experiment with it and use it in different ways and see what you can do with it. And so, I thought that was really cool.
1: Who am I to to disagree with Peter Gabriel? I always call him Sir Peter. Is he a Sir? Is he officially a Sir? I mean. I don't think he's a Mountie. I'm not sure what his title is. I'm going to go Mountie Gabriel. Mountie Peter Gabriel. I don't know. Has he been knighted
0: by the queen? Oh, God. Now that, see, there's I feel like a whole he should be a sir. right there. He should, I'm, you know what?
1: I'm going to go to limb. If he's not served, we're going to serve him right here. He's going to like it. Yeah. You yeah. just knighted Peter Gabriel on this podcast.
0: You know, I went online and I became an ordained minister. I'm pretty sure I can be an ordained <laughs> uh, majesty. What would you even call that? Royalty, yeah, royalty,
1: yeah. turn the share with each
0: other. I'm ordained,
1: Peter, <laughs> Sir Peter. A couple more fact bombs uh, okay. in this in this history chapter. So everything I read about this, everybody was really excited about the. Doo-doo-doo, 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 that little musical. That's a so that's a synthesized Japanese shakuhachi flute.
0: Oh, I was gonna say it was a wood flute, but it's yeah. synthesized. Okay.
1: So it's played on the shakuhachi, and then it's digitized. On something called an Emu Emulator 2, which at the time stored its files on floppy disks. Fantastic. But in that scene in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where he's supposedly in bed sick, and you hear all the coughing and the sneezing and like calling on the phone that he can't come in. All those sound effects are produced in his room on an Emu Emulator 2.
0: That's fantastic.
1: Uh, So last bit about the history for the song. This sucker would make a trophy case fall over. Are you familiar with any of the accolades that, uh, that just the song, not the music video, Sledgehammer brought home? I am not. So, first and only number one billboard song by Peter Gabriel. So it's the only one that gets so high, and it's the first one. Okay. It was number one in the US and the UK. The album it's off of, So, is certified five times platinum. And Rolling Stone, on its, like, huge list of greatest albums of all time, So, is number 187. Wow. That's everything I've got about the song. I've got more about the music video but it might fit better maybe chemistry. You know, sometimes history and chemistry overlap. We would not... Marie Curie could appear in both chemistry and history, as can the Sledgehammer music video. (laughs) Very similar.
0: We're trying to class this uh, podcast up here a bit. We got sirs and madams. Bring it up a notch.
1: Why not? (laughs) We do top of chemistry, where we really get into the subject matter, I like the precedent you set last time on Unsolved Mysteries. What do you remember of mm. Sledgehammer? What are your earliest memories of this jam?
0: So I wanted to try to recall what I knew before I went and rewatched it. I was trying to like, okay, what did I actually remember from it? And of the music video, frankly, the thing that stands out the most was what I thought was Claymation Fruit singing. Oh yeah. Upon rewatch, I realized it's not claymation it's actual fruit or vegetables too i think like shaped like you know his face or whatever but in my mind i thought it was claymation so that's the very vivid thing and i sort of knew the lyrics for the most part and then the dancing poultry it's a chicken right it's not a turkey i think it's they are chickens they are in fact chickens okay i remember that because it's extremely disturbing and that was really all i remembered I don't remember as a kid ever, I knew of this song. I don't remember like loving it, but I didn't not like it. But it definitely sticks out to me as like one of those early MTV music videos that really was creative and wacky and experimental and out there. It's not the weirdest one that I could think of, but it's definitely, I'd say in the top five. Oh yeah, for sure. And I made a top five, by the way. When do we get to hear your top? Do you five want to weirdest? hear them now? Well, I mean, I'm very you're interested. Kinda, you you're kind of running this show. I just need to make sure. So yeah, no, I want to hear the list. Well, I mean, so you kind of have to go with "Video Killed the Radio Star," right? That was mm. the very first music video on MTV that mm-hmm. aired mm-hmm. in 1981. So it's like you gotta talk about that one because it is it's experimental, not just because it was the first video there, but it's a little it's a little goofy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Sledgehammer. Uh, there's Whip It by Devo. I mean, oh come my on. God,
1: those hats! The hats, come on. It's just, it's so weird. We should think about doing that music video later, too. That's a crazy one. Oh, of course. Good, I like Uh, this list. There's of course,
0: Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Classically, I Want My MTV. That was like the first video game music video, right? Like it was all animated.
1: That's a guaranteed 80s high episode later on. I can tell you right now. Most certainly. For sure.
0: But the most disturbing, the most wonky, the most out there, the weirdest freaking video from that era, in my opinion, Rocket by Herbie Hancock.
1: Rocket by Herbie? I don't
0: even know this one. Okay. I recognize the sound. I recognize the song.
1: It's terrifying. There's creepy mannequins, it is a nightmare. Oh my god. I'm just I'm watching some early clips of this uh rocket and this is I'm gonna have nightmares about this tonight. Basically this really if
0: you went to a haunted mannequin factory and were being tortured by like uh who's the guy from the um Saw movies?
1: Oh uh, puzzle man uh, or something? Uh, What's that <laughs> Jigsaw. Jigsaw. <laughs> puzzle, puzzle, man. Man.
0: puzzle man. I'm puzzle man. I'm Five hundred pieces to save your life. Wow. So basically oh Jigsaw god. ten or nine or whatever came out and he he was torturing people. He'd put him in this haunted Herbie Hancock mannequin factory.
1: Oh my god. That's terrifying.
0: It's terrifying. Anyway, this is in that canon of like, we're gonna be experimental you know in the mid 80s right like early mid 80s and obviously moving on but it's like you know these were the ones that really kind of defined mtv music videos and i don't know i just think it's i mean sledgehammer is definitely up there it's it's got what claymation stop motion it's got mixed media in terms of art styles and then i don't want to get too far ahead but the end scene is haunting me right now. So we'll come back to it.
1: Oh, we're going to get deep into that last scene. Yeah. It's going to be
0: good. I forgot about it and I watched it. And I was terrified. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> so um, like you, the scene, the scene that stuck in my memory most from the music video, always as a kid, and this is something I remember actually seeing in the music video, it's so 86. I saw it in the 80s. Like I actually have, I know last time I told you, sometimes I have bad memory on this time period. Mm. But I really, I know I saw this video when it was on MTV in the 80s, and it was the dancing chickens. You know, as a kid, you play with your food and <laughs> and to see to see chickens, and you're not like, this is not animated, this yeah. is not drawn, that's not clay, those are real dead chicken bodies dancing on a stage, like, was mind blowing as a child.
0: And that's before we even really knew about salmonella. Like, I mean, imagine <laughs> post-salmonella seeing those raw chickens dancing.
1: Food was a big problem in the music video. So, What's crazy is like a lot of those shots, it looks like oftentimes the stuff is behind Peter Gabriel, but for a lot of that stop motion, he had to lay under a plate of glass for up to 16 hours a day for those shots. So he's under the glass, there's studio lights blowing down on him through the glass. So think of like a greenhouse effect. And uh, in some interviews, Peter was saying that that was like the worst part of the whole process is because on day one, all that food was fresh and good and great. But by like day five, under the baking lights and being handled Ouch. by people, the fruit was starting to rot. There's some fish and some big shrimp. Yeah. And even oh the chicken God. dance. So imagine you're a couple of creatives in a boardroom somewhere and they're storyboarded on the wall what the dance will be for the chickens. Right. And it used to be way more complicated. It was like a very in-depth, difficult shot to make those chickens dance. But by day two, the meat was going foul. Foul. Ello. Ah, chicken meat Foul! Uh, <laughs> but it was rancid, so they just, like, cut, like, 80% of the dance Wait, off. Wait, like, did he no, no, not just- have the budget to buy more chickens and fruit? Like... He uh, I think they can't he be that it all, expensive. He spent it all on this Fairlight CMI Series 1 synthesizer, I think. It was all burned on that thing.
0: I'm like he should have just grabbed a couple of like cherry tomatoes off of the craft services table if they were starting <laughs> to go bad. Like just swap them out, just do a little switcheroo, right?
1: I mean, they're there for 16 hours. Think of yourself as like an underpaid hungry intern or like a, like stagehand on this and you're seeing all this good fruit and food just spoiling and then you're given this like dry Sad sandwich and some lukewarm tea. And My your lunch goodness. break. I'd have been so mad. I'd have been yeah. so mad. Let me get into some more history here about the music video. So it was directed by Stephen R. Johnson, who had just come off another mixed media and stop motion music video for the Talking Heads, their Road to Nowhere. Mm. We're on a Road to Nowhere. Dun, 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 dun. And what was cool, someone else on Sledgehammer was an animator by the name of Nick Park. Does that name ring a bell at all to you? No. Nick Park went on to create Wallace and Gromit.
0: Well, I'm going to assume that he was the
1: claymationist. Yes. And I thought, actually, now, <laughs> after I knew that, I looked back at Sledgehammer. You're like, I don't know oh. a lot about sculpture and claymation, but there's sort of, in the claymation scenes, there is a similar like style and pattern, almost like a speed. Like the hmm. rhythm and speed of the clay, I feel, is a little reminiscent. Mm. So I thought that was really cool. I mentioned the food was gross, but in a video interview you can find on YouTube, Gabriel said the worst part, there is a shot. You could have an airplane flying if you bring your blue sky back. So that's a stop motion of a. his face is painted blue and then clouds move across his face. Yeah. And for each shot, they had to paint it where the cloud was and then clean it all off oh and then paint God. it and move the cloud over a little bit, clean it all off. And he said by the end of that shot, his face was raw and red. From just being wiped with paint over and over again. He said that was when
0: I first saw that. I was like, "Is he the founding member of Blue Man Group?" Oh, because like a- <laughs> he's wearing I think he's wearing like a black shirt too. I was like, "Oh my god, he's Blue Man Group." <laughs>
1: he kind, of, oh, my god, he kind of is. That's a, that's we might a have great. to save
0: that for. Uh, Contemporary culture class. Yes. No, oh my god. I, I don't Man think Group. he actually inspired Blue Man Group, but
1: I'd like most. I'll, I'll I'll go for it.
0: I mean, what's Blue Man Group gonna say? Nothing, right? So
1: because they don't talk. Whoa. Hey. <laughs> now you brought this up. You said uh, there's a little bit of nightmare fuel at the end for this. Oh my god. I don't want to spoil it for you. What do you think's going on in the end there? What's that last <sighs> shot all about?
0: Okay. If you haven't seen the video, let me just paint you this picture. <laughs> So, you know, everything in this is a little, like, jumpy. And, you know, the whole thing is stop motion, even if it's not. It's been all made to look that way, right? Okay. So the very last uh, scene is, like, a star field, right? But you can tell it's, like, a room decorated to look like a star field, right? I'm looking at the night sky. That's fine. However, in the middle of this, you see the form of a lumbering, monstrous creature of a human that's also done up like a star field. That's sort of, like... Popping and locking, zombie crawling, some sort of creature from your darkest nightmare. If it was coming down your hallway, and this creature just sort of like crawls back into the, you know, what you would see as like away from the camera to the wall of the room, and then just starts making this terrifying sledgehammering sort of motion, and it's haunting. It's atrocious. I'm so mad at you for making me watch that.
1: So, <laughs> I hope he's. I hope he's not listening. But that monster is Sir Peter Gabriel. Well, I figured it was probably
0: him. That was my guess. But the way he moves is terrifying. It's very uncomfortable. It's like For it's a th- song that's all about getting it on, right. I don't understand how that fits. I well, hope you found an answer.
1: Well, first, just about the suit. So he's in a, a, bla- a, a completely pitch black suit, covered it in lights. And when they first put the suit on, it shocked the bejesus out of him.
2: It There's a bunch of like, electric
1: current Rocking Shut the monkey. That'll be our next episode. We're just going to do the entire Gabriel <laughs> discography. So they had to cover his body in scotch tape to block the current from the electrodes on the suit. So, so he's very uncomfortable in that shot for many guy, reasons.
0: This guy, what you're telling me, is a masochist. He He is. suffers for his art.
1: So in an interview, very similarly, he tried to explain the ending because that's very different from the rest of the music video. And... How he explains it, I like to try and think of the super weird freaking ending to 2001 Space Odyssey, where um, the protagonist is encountered by the giant space fetus, but he's also in space, and it's supposed to signify this huge circle of life, recycling to the universe kind of thing. Uh, That's kind of what Peter said that scene was about. The music video starts with a lot of sperm, real shots of real sperm and semen, an egg getting fertilized. It's like a sex ed class. Right. Just to scare the bejesus out of you from ever yeah, taking like, your
0: pants off. like, so this on. is what's going on inside your body right now. Like, it starts literally off with of sperm. How did I not know this song is all about sex? It's in the first intro shot.
1: Well, that's controversial. We're going to get to that.
0: Okay, I'm sure we will.
1: But for Mr. Gabriel, uh, so he was saying that, yeah, the music video starts with all this conception. And then the end is going back into the universe, recycling into space and, and the universe. It's supposed to be a circle of life. It's what he called it. I'm going to call that a stretch. I just, <laughs> I, I
0: appreciate that he had a vision. I'm glad he saw it through. Yeah. I don't know that that fully connects. Okay. I think it's literally a lumbering zombie monster and a starfield. And I'm not going to sleep tonight. So thanks, Pete.
1: <laughs> thanks, Pete. <laughs> thanks for all your help. Really appreciate you being a part of this. Um, <laughs> so. I'm trying to get through my like little things because there's a huge elephant in the room that we're going to get to that's going to be the meat of this discussion. But to polish it off, I just want to talk about the accolades of the music video, why this music video was a big deal. You remember seeing it on MTV. I remember seeing it on MTV. And um, we did a poll, right? Part of our poll. We asked the class of 80s high how familiar you are with Peter Gabriel's 1986 classic music video. Indeed. 40% of our respondents said, wasn't it MTV's top five greatest music videos of all time? And that's pretty close. That's pretty close. For that specific accolade, it was MTV's number four top music video of all time, after Thriller, which came out in 1983, Vogue, which came out in 90, and Smells Like Teen Spirit in 91. But it was the, of all time, the most played music video on MTV. Hmm. No music video was played more than Sledgehammer, which is That's why you and I both su- saw it.
0: That's surprising because there were so many, like you would think it would be like Thriller or like you'd think it'd be a Michael Jackson song.
1: Exactly. So there's a lot of explanations for this. Um, and Thriller is a big part of it. So first of all, 1986 was pretty early in MTV's history. So they just didn't have a lot of music videos yet on rotation. So Sledgehammer would pop up a lot. Thriller was crushing it. It's one of the masterpieces of music videos of all time. But that makes sledgehammer look like a ringtone as far as length goes so one of the longest music videos ever produced
0: it's like 11 minutes or something
1: it's huge maybe longer yeah that's three or four other music videos it takes up a huge amount of time so there's only so many times you can play it in a day trying to get other new hot fresh material in and what this one uh with this one music historian said is like once you've seen thriller the surprise of it is kind of ruined I know it came out in 1983, and it's the year 2020 right now. I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but, like, there's some twists along the way in the Thriller Music video. (laughs) That once you see them, you know, once you know Bruce Willis is a ghost, it it doesn't have the oomph that it has from the first watch. Sure.
0: I'm just going to say, it's still an amazing video. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, but I I take his point.
1: And last but not least, I almost said this, I almost slipped up with the history of the, the song, but this is really about the video. That year when it came out, uh, Sledgehammer, the music video, took in nineteen eighty 1980, sorry 1987, the following year, took home nine MTV Video Music Awards, um, which to this date is the most MTV VMAs any song has ever taken home ever. Wow. So it's the most decorated music video in MTV history. That's impressive. And again,
0: surprising in the sense of like... Not that it's not good, but you just think about all the other stuff out there. And I oh, wonder yeah. what it was about this one in particular that just kind of was it the timing or was it just the the creativity that went into it? Or I don't know, it's interesting. Because like yeah. you said, it's it's a longer song than you typically would get out of a, a single hit song back then or even now.
1: Right. I mean I think mm. it had a bit of a first mover advantage. Like there wasn't a wide competitive field in eighty six. There weren't a lot of music videos. And, I mean, to this day, and we'll, we'll get into this in the last class of the day, but as far as, like, the creativity and originality of that music video, it's hard to come by. Like, it's pretty impressive. Sure. Because I think that's fun, too. You talk about that. Like, you watch some of the music video, and you're like, oh, okay, we're doing claymation. This is going to be cool. And you're like, wait, now he's in front of a chalkboard on a roller coaster? And it's like, no, no, no. We got more. Dancing chickens. And you're like, what? And then now it's like now it's like frame-by-frame frame dance number in a kitchen. It's like something new every verse. Right. It's very original. All right. We're getting up to the big question of the episode. I got one more question before it. Okay. You seemed very confident to know what this music video is about. And there's some debate online about what all these songs mean. Now, in one corner, ding, 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 in one corner, we have, it is a unprecedented battery of sexual innuendo.
0: Which that's what you told me. I'm going to be honest with you. I never saw it that way until you mentioned that. What? <laughs> yes, I'm. Me. I'm not kidding you. Like, and you know me. Like, innuendo is sort of my jam. I love right. it. So the fact that that was lost on me is I don't. I, I don't quite understand. I've oh. sang this song at karaoke. I know the lyrics. Never dawned on me.
1: You never that knew that you were on stage singing a siren song. Calling for sexual interest. You thought it was something far more innocent.
0: I don't know that I ever put much thought into it. I think is really what it came down to. It, it was more that I didn't actually sit there and like try to piece it apart. But nothing about it specifically was like, oh, this is a sex song. Through Maybe and through.
1: then you're in the other corner. Then so in okay. the other corner, in the red trunks, ding ding ding. There's a, a contingent on the internet who thinks the song is about breaking a heroin addiction, and that apparently that when you're trying to break a heroin addiction, a sledgehammer. The sledgehammer can be a reference to breaking heroin needles
0: hmm okay
1: there's a line there show for me i will show for you and that's often like in in chemical recovery whatever your addiction might be you have a sponsor and that sponsor shows up if you show up your sponsor shows up for you and your sponsor shows up and you show up for them your support for each other
0: and then most notably i kick the habit (laughs)
1: Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> Shed my skin, right? A new life.
1: <laughs> so is that the corner you were in? Is that what you thought it was about?
0: I heroin? never would have thought it was about heroin addiction. I'm gonna say that's a stretch unless Sir PG came out and said <laughs> otherwise. No, PG did not comment on this, but
1: in all of okay. in all of these discussion forums where I tried to search like what is the song about, anytime this heroin thing came up, it'd be like one person would say it and then like nine hundred and twelve people would be like, get out of no. here, it's sex. Calm <laughs> down, oh, it's sex. <laughs>
0: Let me tell you what locked it in. Ben sent me everybody a video yeah. of Mr. Gabriel doing this song live in performance. Is that ninety?
1: Was it a ninety-three? I'm trying to remember when that one's from. It was
0: certainly after. I mean, he looked older, not a lot, but maybe like hmm, I would have placed him in his early to mid forties. Yeah,
1: 1993, Secret World Live. Um,
0: watch that video. There's no doubt after that. There will be no doubt about it. As Mr. Gabriel says in the song, there will be no doubt about it. You will know when you see those pelvic thrusts what the song is about.
1: Oh yeah, that music video removes all doubt. Yes. If you, not a music video, but the recording of that concert. Oh my yeah, God. that
0: drives right. it home.
1: So that's really the key question I have for you for this whole thing. This is what I really want to get into chemistry class. Is like When I like really read through these lyrics and then I've been listening to the song over and over again all week and I've watched the music video over and over again all week, I have never once heard any of these as a sexual inyendo before, ever. And I know you're a little older than me. you had a little more experience in life. Can you explain to me these different sexual inyendos, what they really mean?
0: I have to explain this verse by verse. I have to go through every single line of this song.
1: I mean, you know, you pick and choose. Because, I I, I mean, you said this was like sex ed class. And I honestly... I don't know what a Big Dipper is. We're in
0: sex ed now? Okay, all right. No,
1: earlier on, like you said, the
0: videos. I don't know how to bumper a car. Okay, so now we're in second and a half period. I in like our, our, like we have one <laughs> yeah. of those classes. Like this is what's between us and lunch right now. Um, <laughs> which by the way, I do have to tell you, I used to take an anatomy class right before lunch in high school. Terrible timing, terrible timing. And we were dissecting cats. So I would dissect a cat and then I would go to lunch. Awful. Anyway.
1: That's insane. Yes. Where did you go to school? What is this?
0: It was in Ohio. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ohio. Uh, so you can have a steam train if you just lay down your tracks. What he's basically saying is, if you guide me in, here comes a train. Okay, a train, so the train is a big long. Th- is his? It's his thing member to
1: do. Are tracks like his partner's legs? Like lay down. I lay mean, maybe. Down? I, I mean, I don't think you need to sit there and
0: actually tease it all apart i don't okay. think he's like every word is a thing these are euphemisms of course like okay. you can have a big dipper come on Ben. a big dipper
1: oh i've got a fact about that actually so this is why it's confusing in the song big dipper is actually a reference to a real wooden roller coaster at blackpool pleasure beach in england that he had written okay but it's so up and down around the bends get a little get a little get a little funky have a little fun Okay, so he's a creative lover.
0: I got it. Now, I will say this much. Show me around your fruit cakes. I thought it was show me around your fruit cage. And I don't know why. Maybe the honeybee. I mean, you don't put bees in
1: cages, but there was something around there. I thought it was a cage. So for the years and years and years and in the karaoke where you belted into the microphone, show me around your fruit cage. What did you picture was a fruit cage? What do you do with a fruit cage? I mean, I knew that these
0: were euphemisms, this entire set of lyrics, like none of this was literal, Yeah. but I, didn't, I never really paid much attention to it.
1: You never gave thought to what a fruit cage is.
0: Again, I can guess what these things are. You know, honeybees pollinate things, right? They pollinate flowers.
1: Uh, I guess that's a little clearer. Okay, that helps. So, you know, uh, I mean, come on. In the chorus, I've got a question for you. So the chorus Bumper
0: cars I- bumping. Sorry, we're going to bump. We're going to bump uglies, right? We're going to... Bump uglies. We're going to bang it up. I mean, come on. These are all, none of these are a stretch. I mean, I had never. And he's also like, I'm ready for it. He said, All you do is call me. I'll be anything you need. He is kind of being a gentleman because in the 80s, most of the, the theme is, I'm going to stalk you until you love me.
1: Well, his arch rival, Phil Collins, said, I'll be watching you.
0: Isn't that the police, every breath you take? That's Sting, I
1: think. Yeah, Sting did it. Yeah,
0: Sting is like, I'm going to stalk you and be a creep. Sting, yes. Everywhere you go, my creeper eyes are on you. This guy's like, look, you could have a steam train right now. All you got to do is lay down your tracks. You could have a bumper car bumping. He's not like, you're going to get this bumper Uh, car. Like, he's actually
1: being... It's an
0: option. He's just throwing it out there. I'm saying it half-jokingly, but I'm also like half-serious because a lot of songs are really creepy. Like, I'm going to watch you all the time.
1: No, that's pretty good. He is being a gentleman about it. I do like that. That he's just, he's just throwing it out there. Is it such a choice. These are all, these are all just hypotheticals. Yeah. You, you could have a steam train. Very non-confrontational. He's like, you can have this. This. he's like, you. you know what? All you do is call me.
0: I will be anything
1: you need. Okay. Now with that line though, is that what the kids today would call thirsty? Is he being too easy? <laughs> is he just throwing himself out there?
0: This is a total thirst song. I mean, let's just okay. be clear. This okay. guy is thirsty AF. This guy... <laughs> He spent 16 hours under rotting fruit to make this video to make a point. Oh, yeah. He got painted a thousand times for like a 10-second snippet. This dude, he's got it bad.
1: In the chorus, I have a question. There's a line I honestly don't understand. I don't think it's sexual, but I just, I don't understand it. This is actually an honest question. So the chorus goes, I want to be your, the first chorus, each one's a little different. First one goes, I want to be your sledgehammer. Why don't you call my name? Oh, let me be Mm -hmm. your sledgehammer. This will be my testimony. Mm-hmm. What does that line mean? Do you swear
0: to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? <laughs> I do. I am Sir Peter Gabriel, and I do. <laughs> my testimony is this. I will be your sledgehammer. <laughs> your Honor, there can be no doubt about it.
1: I mean, maybe that's it. Honestly, is he just saying, like, I'm basically running over the McDonald's man? Oh, hold on, with
0: you. hold on. This is like when you're in church, and someone says something, you're like, testify, right? Testify! Like, it's, it's like that. He's like, oh. this is my testimony, y'all. I'm going to be your sledgehammer.
1: I will be all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes me feel better. I was like, no one's fighting against him. Plus the testimony is sworn words. And he also says,
0: let there be no doubt about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. okay, You know? What he's basically saying is, I'm for realsies, y'all. This is definitely, could happen. If I have not made it clear so far with all of these, you know, innuendos, there will be no doubt about it. There
1: will be no doubt. If I were so motivated to, after seeing all of these crazy options with Peter, I'd be worried to bunk up with the guy. He's got a lot going on. It would be a busy night.
0: So, Ben, there's one more thing about lyrics I do have to mention. Because we did put this out to the class of 80s high. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We asked the class, hey, the song's a lot of innuendo. If you were to add another verse, what would your metaphor be? So we had, uh, I can be a rocket ship. Just give me ground clearance. Ooh. You could have kielbasa filling up your bun. Was...
1: I, feel, I, I feel like that's a, a Tenacious D reference, if I were to really sniff into it. I think that's a Tenacious D will say it's, it's
0: maybe a little more, like, blunt than, you know, Sir Mr. Gabriel. Sir Gabriel, yeah. One person just said, Peter Gabriel's British, so I'd be remiss if I didn't include something on high tea and tea bagging.
1: Oh, <laughs> Uh, this person also wanted to know what fruitcakes were about.
0: Yeah, someone else was like, what on earth does it mean to open up your fruitcakes? And then this one, something about a tree, climbing the trunk and exploring the branches. I thought that was a little dirty.
1: Yeah, you cheeky monkey, you, climbing the tree. <laughs> My goodness. And then goodness. there was a bring
0: your surfboard and ride this wave. Oh, that's so good. Group for trout in the river. <laughs>
1: So just <laughs> oh, i didn't scroll down far enough what are you talking about oh boy we have some weird fans but i love them uh, the class of 80s high
0: is funky so please They're join funky. let's add some more funk to it so the point is everyone is in for these lyrics
1: yeah everyone's on board for it so stepping away from the lyrics for a second now after having seen it again are there any scenes now having rewatched it besides zombie stardust that Mm. like really stuck out to you as interesting as great as
0: weird love the train circling his head oh yeah i just thought that was a cool effect and then love the chalkboard, like roller coaster tracks behind him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was a cool framing. And-,
1: and they're like regelling his hair the whole time. Yeah, and he's, hair, he's yep. going with mm-hmm. the right direction of the track and he's looking around like he's seeing stuff. It's really well done.
0: And then I said, yes, the fruit scene. I'd forgotten about that. And that's um, when I realized, oh, it's not claymation fruit, it was real fruit. Yeah. And then I made mention of a mondegreen, which is when. You mistake lyrics for different words. What? Show me around your fruit cage. It's fruit cake.
1: That There's was, a that's word for that.
0: Mondegreen, yeah.
1: Mondogreen. We're in we're in a lit class. We're in English now.
0: That's awesome. It's a bit of a mondegreen. So yeah, mondegreen. if you ever like hear lyrics a certain way, and then someone's like, "That's not the lyrics. It's this," and you're like, "What? That's that's it's called a mondogreen." Huh. And then I said the claymation is super creepy. There's a guy coming out of the guy's face. It's like aliens, but it's coming out of his freaking face.
1: No, that's what I want to get into. When I asked you the question, this was the shot that I was like, what the hell is going on? So it goes full claymation. Yes. Gabriel's hands turn into sledgehammers, and he starts beating his face in with his sledgehammers. Yes. And each time he hits it, a limb comes out of his face. Yes. Until there's a full body on the front of his face, and Peter Gabriel's mouth... Turns into a, a leaf to cover the guy's crotch.
0: Yes. What? And did you see what was on the wall?
1: More it's, sperm, it's a everybody. sperm wallpaper. More frig- so
0: basically, like, it's pink wallpaper. And as a kid, I guess I assumed I thought it was just, like, you know,
1: polka dots on the wall. Oh, no. His head then turns into a yin-yang. And then it flies up and plops into the ocean and makes a sailboat rock around. And then two red devils fly into his skull that opens up and they fly into his skull. Then there's a log flume and some crazy Jackson Pollock action. That was the craziest scene for my whole, the whole thing for me. <laughs> it's 10 seconds of insanity.
0: And then I said, oh my God, the creepy dancing chicken carcasses. Terrifying.
1: You know, the two little interesting things after the chicken happens, the rest of this, you know, I said Peter Gabriel likes to just make stuff up. This is what he all made up on the spot when they were recording. Like he was supposed to So the bridge happens, and then he was supposed to do a chorus, and then cut. But all this, like, I get it right, I kick the habit, shed my skin, this is the new stuff, I go dancing, makes all this up. On the spot, like a genius.
0: Oh, so he just sang that, and that was not planned lyrics.
1: Just starts vamping all this. And remember, the song cuts off, and on the original track, there's another, like, four minutes of him just making up this stuff. Right. So remember, we said he left Genesis because uh, he had a son. And his family just kept growing. So there's this shot in the kitchen. There's all this stop motion with the crowd and the, and the R&B backup singers who are, do a phenomenal job. And there's a quick shot of two little girls. And those are both his daughters. Anna oh, and Melanie are in nice. the music video. So when I read that, I was like, that's really quaint. And then I was like, this is a five minute video about different ways to say we could have sex. And I'm going to put my two young daughters Progeny in the end. The- <laughs>
0: the results of oh i guess
1: okay that, that makes me feel better if it's on his continuation of the circle of life it's like hey if we're not safe with all these innuendos there could be two daughters
0: you're right if he's going with the whole circle of life kind of thing then that
1: okay that makes that go. makes you rest easier than about putting
0: children in this music in this creepy better. sex video yeah that's what i'm going to choose to believe i don't think he had any <laughs> you know crazy intent so
1: yeah before we go to contemporary culture Anything else you want to get out about this muted video? So if you have questions, comments, concerns. I mean, I'm looking at my notes. We've, we've covered everything that I wanted to cover so far. In that case, I'm ready to see how this little ditty influenced other ones down the road. I'm excited. I need to grab lunch
0: first. Oh. I feel like I just dissected a cat and so now I'm starving. So no, that's
1: no. Oh <laughs> so God. disgusting.
0: Welcome to Hillshire Farm, where great taste is always at home. So you want to speed up the way we make our Hillshire Farm smoked sausage? Oh, yes, with high-speed equipment. Hold we on, can, but young man. You can't rush great taste. We hand-select lean cuts
2: of pork and beef and smoke them slowly, gently, for the taste that other sauces just can't beat. He's right. Try it yourself. Delicious. I wouldn't change a thing. Hillshire Farm. For our best taste every time.
0: We are in
1: contemporary culture. Yeah, but I'm going to have trouble focusing because I just ate a meowthful of food. Oh,
0: geez, Louise.
1: <laughs> so bad at you. Kitty, kitty, kitty. Podcast over. So, I mean, for being such a monumental music video, I mean, top in everything, number one, nine VMAs, of course people are going to take inspiration from this thing. Of course. Even if it didn't, I'll say this,
0: even if it didn't have those accolades, you'd be hard pressed to say... That Mr. Gabriel slash this song slash this music video would have zero influence, even if he won no awards for it,
1: right? Of course. So two months after this music video came out, summer of 86, the California Raisins came out. Oh my god, I'm
0: so glad you mentioned this because doing some stuff before the show, I was like, oh yeah, California
1: Raisins, Claymation. Is it that same dude? Two months after this music video came out, they were like, we need raisins to sell raisins. Let's get them on screen. Claymation. I I did not find the director of the the California Raisins, but it is eerily timed. I don't know. Claymation is not something you bang out
0: in a week, especially an entire music video of Claymation. Are you sure it's not just one of those like... We're making a movie called Deep Impact. We're making a movie called Armageddon. Oh no.
1: To this day, I have <laughs> conspiracy theories about that happening the time of that. No, but I mean they were commercials, right? I think it was by like the FDA in California or something. Or, like it was like, by the agricultural industry in in California trying to sell raisins.
0: Yeah, because they don't sell themselves. They do <laughs> because they're garbage. They do not. It's a
1: trash snack. Are you too cool for prunes? Try raisins. Yeah. <laughs> For me, though, without doing research, instantly the group that I thought of when i trying to think of where else Sledgehammer went was OK Go. Have you watched many OK Go music videos?
0: OK, you're going to actually have to give me some training wheels on this.
1: OK Go, I don't know how old the band is. I I would say I started listening to them around like 2012, 2011, and they're a pop-rocky kind of band, but their music videos are off-the-chain creative. Hmm. Their first big music video that came out, I forget the name of the song... But it's, um, uh, what are those really overly complex machines where like a marble hits a thing and the ruler falls down? Rube in
0: Goldberg device? Yes.
1: Now, there's technically a cut hidden in the music video in one spot, but it's a warehouse-sized Rube Goldberg machine. Okay. And it's massive scale. Like there's vehicles involved and stuff. It's super creative. There's another one where they, it's in the middle of the desert and they're in a car with like baseball bats and like wiffle bats sticking off of it. And throughout the desert is this drive track where there are wind chimes and full pianos and drums. And they drive the car at the right timing to hit all the percussion for the song.
0: Did they do the Mad Max Fury Road stuff where they're driving through the desert playing like flame guitars and all that? God, I wish.
1: (laughs) God, I wish. There's one where they they dance on, um, uh, what's the thing where you run in your house? Treadmills?
0: Okay, so I, I know of them because I remember seeing that video. Yeah. And when you were talking about creative videos, I like for some reason, the treadmill video came into my head. Okay, so that is them.
1: Yeah. So you know how astronauts can go up in this plane and the plane will dive and it gives you like 20 seconds of weightlessness to train? They do yes. a whole music video in that plane. And it's, whole, oh, wow. it's incredible. So anyway, I thought of OK Go after this. I thought they were on point.
0: I mean, whether they've acknowledged it or not, I feel like certainly videos like Sledgehammer would have spurned that creativity that they've kind of oh yeah identified themselves with, right?
1: Now, the rest of these, so I've got a little list here of just like music videos I went and looked up that was like, best, greatest stop motion music videos of all time. Mm. And I went through them and like, some I filtered out that I was like, this is not close enough to what Peter Gabriel did to really say this was inspired. But some of these, I feel they kind of are. So I'll run through them real fast. I really just watched them for the first time this week, which it feels like a dishonor to these artists because these are super creative and really, really neat. The most similar music video, I think, uh, was a song by Keena Granis in 2010 called In Your Arms. And it's very similar of, like, she barely moves in the frame, but her outfits are changing. The scenery's changing around her. It's all stop motion. Song's really catchy, too. Um, in Your Arms, Keena Granis. That one's really close. This one's really cute. I think you would like this one a lot. You should watch this. Uh, her Morning Elegance by Oren Lavie. I don't know if I'm saying Lavie right. So she's in bed. But mm-hmm. all, the st- all the elements on the bed, like the sheets and the pillows, it's all changing around her like she's going through a full day of her life. It's just really fun. But it's a really hmm. cool stop motion going through life kind of thing. Okay. Okay. What did I say was Peter Gabriel's least favorite part of shooting the music video?
0: Well, the painting, the, the face. The face yes. painting. Because it turned his face red.
1: So there's a band called We Have a Band that in 2010 had a song called You Came Out. And the music video is all stop motion face painting. Oh my god! So it's the bandmates, and they all just keep having their faces repainted, stop motion wise. Masochists.
0: Wow, they are very dedicated. Hats off.
1: Three more. So in 2011, Coldplay did a music video for their song "Strawberry Swing," mm. and it's really neat because the whole frame—it's a very, very large chalkboard. So it's like it's like the roller coaster scene, but the whole music video, and he's like a superhero, and he just goes to the whole world, but it's all getting redrawn and drawn, and it's really. High end chalkboard work, hmm. uh, but very pretty and it's stop motion and it's just very, very cool. So, Strawberry Swing by Coldplay, that's good. Uh, and the last two, I thought this was re- this is just, okay, I'm gonna leave that one because that's really, oh, these are both super unique. God, what do I do first? Okay, we'll go with the Shins. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. So, the Shins did a music video called Half a Million. Literally, mm. all these, I wanna put together a playlist for you and just send it because they're all so <laughs> cool. <laughs> so The Shins did a, a music video called Half a Million, and it's stop motion, but it's it's using, um pfft, I'm not sure what kind of camera it was called, but I think in the late 90s, there was this camera where it, when you shot a picture, it would print from it, but it was a sticker. So it's not like mm. a Polaroid that you, you know, you flap it around. It's a sticker when it comes out. Okay. So this music video is 5,000 stickers. Good Lord. Of the band, and the band's tiny, but the band will be like playing on an orange, like the drummer will be on an orange. And then they'll be like in the fridge or like then they're like um, in a hardware store and like they're using the nails to like play the guitar. Like it's all these really cool tiny little settings where there are little Hmm. band people all over the world. It's really cool. I'm sure that took Hmm. a bazillion hours. But if you want to talk about bazillion hours, the king that I found of time and effort is a music video in 2017 by a group called Husky. And the song's name is Ghost. And it's stop motion cross stitch. Oh, my God. I've never tried cross-stitching. Have you cross-stitched?
0: No. My mom used to, and it took her like a thousand years to do like a little circle thing.
1: Right, to do one scene on one little circle thing. Right. And this is like a proper like three-minute music video. Every scene is different, but it's right. cross-stitch.
0: There were a lot of grandmas out there just having to... There's
1: <laughs> <It> was a <laughs> like, call for grandmas.
0: Like, my fingers are bleeding like, Granny, you gotta crank
1: out another ten tonight. Ghost, oh my Ghost by Husky. I mean, props out to them. It was incredible.
0: That's impressive.
1: That's all I have for what I thought. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more. Are the things you think this could have inspired?
0: Well, I mean, I mentioned them earlier, and I have to bring up Dave Matthews Band because they've done a right. they sing a very regular live cover of Sledgehammer, and you can go find them on YouTube, and they do a they do a pretty good job with it. Like it's a it's a good rendition of it. So that was like my touchstone back to the song most recently. And I just thought this was also interesting. I have to think in some way Peter Gabriel was an influence on Dave Matthews because, like I said, there's Gabrielese and there's Dave Speak, right? For sure. They cover Sledgehammer. So obviously that's something meaningful. And both of these creators have monkey obsessions. So we have Shock the Monkey by Mr. Sir Peter Gabriel. Sir Peter Gabriel. Well, Mr. Sir Dave Matthews also just knighted him, too. (laughs) Such an Uh, honor this (laughs) evening on 80s Eye. I'll knight anybody who comes on the show. Now, Dave is by far a bigger monkey fanatic. He has Shake Me Like a Monkey, Proudest Monkey, and Monkey Monkey Man. And I think there's even another monkey reference that I'm forgetting. This dude loves to talk about monkeys. You
1: know, in all sincerity, I, I will back you up on the Dave thing, because if you're not a fan of Dave and you just listen to a little bit of Dave Matthews band, like any band you listen to just a little bit on the surface, you think everything sounds the same. Yeah. But if you are a Dave Matthews fan, or even have at least listened to a lot of the music over the years, they're both huge experimenters. They're all yeah. over the place. They both Peter Gabriel and Dave Matthews both pull in a lot of different cultures and decades and influences to make a pretty wide variety of music.
0: Yeah, and, and it's interesting. Like I went through I, I don't know a lot of Peter Gabriel's oeuvre of music and it's Well you can a little, name four
1: albums now. Well for his
0: <laughs> varies. Peter like, Gabriel five, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And looking back, like it's not a huge catalog of songs. Like, comparatively, right? Like, I don't think he's as prolific as some other artists. But when I was just looking at the song titles, I was noticing some things of, like, wow, these do kind of seem like DMB song titles as well. So I just, I don't think it's intentional, but I think there was some kind of current or influence there, I feel like, from Peter to Dave. And so that's the one I came up with. I, I didn't find a lot of, like, specific references either to the video or to... Peter Gabriel himself. But you just know creativity like that is going to inspire more creativity. I mean, this guy's definitely left an impression.
1: So now that we've talked about Dave in the 90s and then still today, still crushing it, um, we got to figure out if this still holds up today.
0: And there's only one room to do that in. There can only be one.
1: The Highlander math class.
0: Arithmetic.
1: If we're looking at the scoreboard, Christopher sledgehammer is yeah. 34 years old okay does it hold up
0: I'm gonna have to give this a big old a plus <laughs> I think 10 out of 10 if this is math class he showed the work right he, long division he showed the steps did he show for you he showed for me the steps <laughs> <laughs> he showed for me no okay like you've got the evocative lyrics right and as you've pointed out earlier maybe not specifically but through your questions you know they make you think like if you st- mm-hmm. if you stop like some people don't care about lyrics they don't care they want a good tune well yeah. you're, you're in good luck here if you like the lyrics they're fun if you like the song like you said it's funky the horns and you got the like it's got soul it's got life it's not a dead song it's full of energy you've got the sexy undertones the music video itself it's inventive it's all like you said it's always changing every new scene is a new thing mm-hmm. You're always kind of caught off guard. And then you're like, oh, this is all great. And then you see a creepy star monster and you're like, <laughs> and now my dreams. <laughs> Mr. Gabriel is a legend. This is a fantastic song. It's no wonder it's held up so well and done so well. Everything fits solid.
1: I a thousand percent agree. This is this is definitely in my, in my banger list of songs that when I hear come on on the radio, when I'm out at a bar and you hear that come on. Yep. It's something like if I'm talking with somebody, I'm not going to hear anything they're saying anymore because in my head, if I'm not allowed to be singing out loud, I'm singing in my head.
0: Yeah. Or you just look at them and like, shut up. And then you're like, <laughs> just like violently silenced.
1: Sir Peter Gabriel is <laughs> singing right now. I, I mean, I'm right there with you on, on everything you said. I'll, I'll back it up a little more with just those two YouTubers I mentioned at the top of the show. Just talk about the science behind the line, And it's just mm. so driving in it mm-hmm. that it just gets – in your head and I feel like I don't want to overgeneralize I want to be careful about overgeneralizing but this harkens to a time I feel that it was more more often you got lyrics that were a little poetic and fun and not not so direct and and obvious and blunt about what we're all talking about here I feel like a lot of music that I hear produced today recently like the lyrics are just obvious it's just I'm singing about what I'm singing about we all know what I'm singing about whatever that is yeah But this is poetry, it's a little open for interpretation, it's kind of fun. Uh, Not kind of fun, it's super fun. So the song itself holds up so well. And the music video, what really made me think about it, and again, why I'm going to make you a YouTube playlist of these music videos I talked about.
0: Uh, I'm sorry, you need to make me a mixtape. I I will, mixtape! This is an 80s podcast, you can't make me a YouTube playlist. Shoot.
1: It really, like, stoked the flames in my love of music videos. Like, how Mm. often do we get to see music videos these days. Today you've, you've got Pandora and you've got Spotify, you've got your iTunes playlist that you've listened to the same damn thing for years, but you never, it's, there's no visual nature to those. You just hear it. And maybe it's out there, but I need a Pandora that's random music videos. Like I miss the creativity and the storytelling of music videos. was so cool.
0: No, I think you're right. Like YouTube is probably the only platform I can think of where you would still find, I'm sure there's other ones out there, but I'm like, YouTube is the one that I think of, but I don't often go to YouTube for music videos. I go for a lot of other content. And so that's a great point. And the cool thing I think about this video in particular is it could have been made today. If somebody never knew that song and you put it out there, the way it's shot, obviously 80s kind of has an infusion in music right now anyway, but you could honestly put it out there. And it does not look dated in a way that I think if you told someone like a Gen Z person, this song just came out, and you showed them the video, I think they'd totally be like, oh yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, way ahead of its time. Um, yeah. And that's what makes it last so well. It's so good.
0: So good. And maybe it's because it's shot with a stop motion, it makes it more timeless. Then if it was shot more straightforward, maybe it would... F- uh, show its
1: age a little bit. More. Oh, that's Perhaps. true. Like if you're it's, if it's using natural props, like uh, current fashion corded right. telephones, you see vehicles driving by, like you could date it right. really much easier. Uh, that's a yeah. good point. That's
0: a good point. All the pieces sort of make it a timeless song. And therefore, the math checks. The math does check on this one. I 100% agree. Gold star, Mr. Gabriel. Gold star, sir.
1: Well, now that Pete has just really, do- sorry, Sir Pete has dominated the heck out of this class. Yeah. The only thing left to do is to find out what we got to do for next class.
0: Okay, Ben. I think it goes without saying I'm excited for this. Why would I choose something I'm not excited about? That would be an interesting choice. Like, <laughs> I don't want to talk about this topic. So here we go.
1: Ben, are you ready for Ready Mix Cement? That <sighs> You came out in the 80s. We're going to get into it. Get stoked. So, okay. I feel like we're just establishing ourselves. I need a, We need to change up mediums, right?
0: Okay. We can't do another music video. No. We can't do another television show. Mm-mm. We need something a little different, don't we? A little diff. Mix it so up. I'm gonna poke another part of your brain mm. and pique another part of your curiosity mm. as you dive back into the world, the amazing storytelling world of choose your own adventure <laughs> books.
1: Yes! Oh my god! Oh, that's such uh, a good pick. Oh, I'm so excited.
0: Those freaking books.
1: Yes! Oh, I love it. That's a great choice.
0: I'm really excited about this. I have not touched one of those books since my childhood. So yeah, we're going to talk about the amazing Choose Your Own Adventures book series in our next episode.
1: It is a great choice. I love what you've done. This is fantastic.
0: Well, thank you for choosing today's topic. I did not think we would talk this long, but we had so much fun stuff to talk about.
1: There's a lot to talk about it. And I now, again, with our nostalgia podcast, I can't listen to the song again for a few months to make sure that I still keep loving it. Um, But man, I don't think I'm going to get tired of reading Choose Your Own Adventure books. uh, And I'm really excited to get into one of those this week. All right. Thanks for joining us on 80s High. And we will see you next time for Choose Your Own Adventure.
0: Y'all stay radical out there. Thanks, everyone, for listening to 80s High Podcast by Ben and Chris. Our theme song is by Greg Reed at gregreedmusic.com with vocals by Chad Bumford. Show artwork is by Alex Goddard at alexgoddarddesign.com. If you like the show, please support us by passing a note to a friend in your next class. Also, you can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts that help spread the rumor. Stay radical.